just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host, Ian Doss Mackay. Next Level Guy is a men's interview, interest and improvement website where I interview the greats from all industries to help others better their lives. Listen to the experts in their respective fields being quizzed and learn something new. Listen, embrace, adapt, use and improve. Today's guest is Aubrey Marcus. He's the founder and CEO of Onnit.com, a nutritional supplement and holistic health provider based on his philosophy of total human optimization. In this interview, we cover his awesome new book, his life philosophy, Onnit, and how you can learn to own the day to own your life. Aubrey currently hosts his own podcast, the Aubrey Marcus Podcast, a motivational destination for conversations with the brightest minds in athletics, business, science, relationships and spirituality with over 10 million downloads on iTunes. He regularly provides commentary to outlets like Entrepreneur, Forbes, The Doctors and The Joe Rogan Experience. He's been featured in the cover of Men's Health, is the author of a life coaching um, course, Go For Your Win, and his newest and first book is Own the Day, Own Your Life from HarperCollins. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say a quick word about my affiliates. I've managed to build up some great relationships with some awesome companies. These allow me to obtain special discount codes, deals, and listener exclusives. Please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates for further information. If you're feeling particularly pumped up to try on it after listening to this interview, for example, I've got a special wee treat for you. If you use the code NEXTLEVELGUY, that's N-E-X-T-L-E-V-E-L-G-U-Y, which is Next Level Guy, as one word in the discount code section at the checkout, you'll get 10% off any eligible items in your basket. And that's against anything like supplements, fitness gear, etc. For others, I'm particularly loving the Tribes of Mentor book by Tim Ferriss, Ross Edgley's awesome new book, The World's Fittest Book, and wearing some super soft, super comfy uh, jeans from Barbell Apparel, which really show off your gains. If you're wanting to get up here yourself, simply use Next Level Guy, again, that's N-E-X-T-L-E-V-E-L-G-U-Y in the discount code section, and for them as well, you'll get 10% off on all your orders. For all the free trials and special deals, etc., that I have with these companies and many more, you need to go and check out my affiliates page. Our web address again is www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. And now let's get to the interview with Aubrey. I hope you have as much fun listening to this one as I did during the interview. Enjoy. Firstly, I, I, you know, I just need to say thank you for on it. You know, you're one of the first companies I set up an affiliate scheme with, and I love your products and stuff. And you know, we've, I've loved seeing the growth of on it. But for people who are listening who maybe don't know what on it is, who you are, could you just give a quick sort of thirty seconds intro? Well, <clears throat> on it is about putting forward the tools to help support what we call human optimization. And that's just getting our mind and body into the best possible state that we can 
and using things that are going to not have long-term costs, but long-term benefits. So you don't want to borrow from tomorrow to pay for today and just worry about how you feel right now. You need things that are going to support you over the long term. And that's what a lot of our nutritional supplements and fitness programs and uh, equipment and all the practices that we put out there, that's what they're um, designed to do. Um, So you've now brought out a fantastic book, which is getting a lot of rave reviews. Now, something I was very interested in is the, the way that you look at routines, which can then change somebody's lives. And I've definitely noticed, you know, just by setting up the week or the day before, it works for me. So can you tell me a little bit about why you chose to write the book? You know, what was the inspiration behind it? Well, I wanted to put all of these practices, all of these tools that I've been developing for so many years, put them all into one place and put them together with a really solid plan. And, you know, I was also tired of these kind of programs that run 30 days, 40 days, 60 days. And really, when the basic unit, the basic indivisible unit of life is the day, you know, and to get any amount of days right, you got to get one day right. And all the different parts of that day are interconnected. And uh, so wanted to just put together what an ideal day looks like, a day that you could repeat over and over again, a day that not only, you know, gets you in better shape and gets you healthy and meets your weight loss or fitness goals, but also a day you fucking enjoy, like a day that's fun, a day that you is really worth living. And, um, you know, I think that's uh, something that not a lot of people have in, endeavored to do in, in the health and fitness side. They're all very myopically focused on getting jacked or getting skinny or whatever, get cleansing or whatever it is. And, and all that's great. But I think having that more well-rounded, holistic approach and, and making it more about a lifestyle than uh, a, a short-term crash diet uh, was something that I wanted to put forward. Yeah, I mean, and you've done it, fanta- uh, sorry, a very, a very in-depth book, but you've not kind of like thrown so much science out that people just go oh, for the love of, you know, like I've read mm-hmm. so many of these and got halfway through, and it's, you know, it's like you said, it's thirty days, sixty days, and they set it up into this massive goal, and people don't know what to do. They maybe get a couple of good days out of it, and then that's it. It just crashes and burns. So can you tell me? I mean, I've noticed that. You're living the life that so many of us want. Can you tell me a little bit about your own personal transformation? You've mentioned that you were depressed, anxious, and that you know. Can you say like where that came from and how how you found these kind of little tricks and life hacks that work so well? Well, it's hard to say that there's one source of that. You know, there's a lot of different sources. You know, it's uh, it's not one one dragon that you're slaying it typically is many and maybe it's many heads of the same dragon actually if, if you really get down to the to the core but um a lot of it had to do with not feeling like i understood what my purpose was and that i was really living my purpose and living the reason why i'm here um so that was one issue for sure and then you know some of the other issues where i wasn't supporting my body in uh in the right ways, you know, what I was eating, uh, you know, I'm, I have a pretty sensitive constitution. So, um, despite being able to perform at a high level, I require a high degree of, uh, stringency in, in my own kind of, uh, approach to how I live. Um, and so just understanding my own physiological needs and how I was going to create the right output from the input that I was putting in, that was key. And then also just figuring out the right ways to think about things. And, you know, obviously I've, been really open and public about my utilization of plant medicines to help me figure some of that out. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's been a combination of all that, finding my purpose, living my purpose, you know, understanding myself in a deeper way, understanding how to look at problems, adopting a more stoic philosophy and, and then supporting my body and mind and with the right kind of practices. And I mean, that to me for personally, that's the kind of journey that I'm on just now trying to find that person, you know, try not to be the one that society wants you, but to actually be the person that you want to be. So what did you want to be as a child? You know, was there, you know, when did you start this journey? Have you always felt like this? You know, it's something that I think we're really creatures of momentum. And I think when you start to have positive momentum, it's easy to continue that momentum. It's a lot easier. So I wasn't exactly like this when I was younger, but I had little instances and little glimpses of what it was like to push past resistance, to learn more about myself, to, you know, to see the results of hard work, all of these little traits that now, you know, grown up into full man size, you know, definitely started as little um, smaller projects and smaller wins and smaller successes. And I think it's just accelerated uh, because of that momentum as I've gotten older. Yeah, I mean, and I've had the people on the podcast like Mark Bell um, who have talked about their own awakening, you know, the thing that kind of got them into this. So, what do you think i mean is there a universal definition of masculinity of what men should be like or you know do you think that's what makes the world so beautiful that we we can do so many different things you know if i asked you like what's the definition of masculinity and what makes a good man could you give an answer Mm. i think i could but there's caveats to that answer because I think you do have to recognize that masculine is not tied to particularly necessarily tied to a gender and both men and women can choose a masculine path and can choose. And and that's why I prefer masculine and feminine, you know, those words over man and woman, Mm -hmm. because I've known many women who are more masculine than most men. And that's and that's a fire. That's a fair, reasonable choice. And I've known some men who are more feminine than most women. And I think it's an acknowledgement of what these larger archetypes are. You know, I mean, I think the masculine archetype is someone um, who's willing to go out and bring order to chaos is really the defining characteristic. So wherever they find chaos, they try to bring order. It's that kind of. Um, one of the defining characteristics and whether that means going to battle or whether that means going and looking inside your own mind and heart and soul or whether that means helping out someone who's been you know uh, underserved or disenfranchised or you know that to me is what a what a man is 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 a force for order and and a female in the feminine side is more of a a surrender and more of a surrender um, understanding to whatever chaos, emotional forces, and a, and also a creator, a birther, and so like there's these different like archetypes that I think we can more adhere to. But if you're going to be a man, I think you have to be willing to look in those messy, ugly places and and look with truth and look at yourself and look at uh, and be a force that you know a force for order amidst the chaos. Oh, I love that. It's I've must have done about 45 episodes by the time this will be going live and the number of people who have talked about the manly side of things what men do and you're the first person who's actually addressed the the feminine side the the fact that women can have a masculine energy you know and how 
how it can play between the two. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting answer. I love that. So where do you think we go wrong? Is it that modern day men just don't know how to find their own path and they don't have the awakening or the um the you know the rite of passage that some of these tribes and that get you know have we just become i don't know sort of easy and lost because we've got so much comfort yeah i think that's a major part of it honestly i mean i think um you know we're we're designed by nature to go up against difficult circumstances with our tribe at our side and overcome for the good of the whole you know and that's really what we're built for and when we have neither that sense of tribe which is a reason to fight beyond yourself so if we're missing the reason to fight beyond yourself because you don't really love anybody you know that much you know and and we'll have these like surrogates like maybe a football club or a you know sometimes it's a country itself but it's kind of like it comes and goes, you know, like game day, you'll, you'll have that feeling, but does it really last all the time? And is it even healthy if it really lasts all the time? You know, or if Conor McGregor's fighting, maybe like you get super patriotic, you know, but are you really always that fired up about your government? Do you really love the people you see on the neighborhood? Maybe. And if so, awesome, because you're probably a really happy person if that's the case. But most of us feel, feel pretty alone and we don't have that sense of tribe. We don't have that reason you know why we're fighting and we don't know what we're fighting we don't know how we can make a difference we don't know how we can apply order to the chaos like what's our purpose like how am i here to be a man how am i here to to serve the greater good and and how can i prepare for that how can i test myself and you know how do you know yourself unless you test yourself so you know i think that's why you know i i end up gravitating towards you know uh, people who've been in some kind of challenging occupation whether that's a high level sport or a high level business because in doing that you have enough pressure that you get to learn about yourself and if you don't know about yourself you know it's it's going to be harder to um you you know that's going to shine through you know that kind of insecurity and that lack of knowing is going to be a something that's going to be real easy for people to see i mean I love the you know you have a fantastic podcast where you you open up so many ideas you've got all these products you know you've on it's grown into this sort of like mega business but you know what what was the what was the reason for the book you know why did you choose that media type to to get your message out there where you have the podcast you have your YouTube your social media you know why did you go for the the written word are you is it just to as a reference point or you know have you just always wanted to well, write no i mean i'm i'm a writer <laughs> i've always been a writer you know that's probably my preferred method of communication ever since i was young and i love speaking too and i love doing podcasts and stuff like that but um you know i was writing stories from when i was really really little and dictating them on my grandmother's lap i always knew i was going to be an author mm-hmm. i just didn't know exactly how that was going to play out but um i'm glad it played out as it did you know i'm really proud of this book there's not a single bit more effort that i could have possibly given it there's not a single shortcut that i took you know i i gave it a hundred percent of what i had and you know i think it really reflects the the best of what i was able to produce at that time so i've deliberately not mentioned the title yet because 
what what to ask was why did you pick that particular title you know was it just that it sounded catchy or did it reflect the the goal that you wanted to get with this book because it is really one of those books titles that sticks in your mind and to, to be honest it really does help you do the goal but could you know did you have other titles in mind or has this always been the sure. focus? There was other there was other titles in mind, but when this one set in, it, it really explained the thesis of the book. Because when we said when you say own the day, own your life, then you understand like, all right, the already you understand that the day is like a microcosm for your life. Your life is divided up into many single days. So it allows you to put the focus of the book and also the focus of the transformation on that single day. Like, all right, here we are focusing on that day and then to own it. And then ownership, I think, is something that's really important because all, all too often we're given the opportunity to shrug our own responsibility. And to own the day, you have to own you know, all aspects of it. You have to own your choices about what you eat. You have to own your choice about whether you're going to go work out. You have to own the information that you put in your body, own the interactions that you have with people and, and recognize that you are powerful and responsible for largely what goes on. Now, of course, we're in a codependent system and other people can impact that, but you're always able to own your own response and own your own actions towards that. So, it's kind of a radical statement of self-responsibility and self, um, you know, self-ownership. And I think that's a, a really important message that, um, you know, can't be stressed enough. No, I mean, initially, you know, some people might listen to, you know, the, the spirituality side of things and think, mm, it's a wee bit out there for me. But that's what I love about the book is it, there is so many activities that can get you know, like things, you don't need things to go to the Himalayas and drink with tribes and stuff like that to change your life. You know, you've given people such great step by step tips to improve their life and no matter their starting point. But what happens if you have somebody listening just now who maybe is dealing with depression, with their own personal demons? Do they need to tackle that sort of side of things first before they can do this? Or will this, you know, your routines, their hacks, Will that help them improve their life and be able to deal with their demons? You know, how can somebody start from quite a negative place with your book? Well, you know, I think that's that's a really good time to start with something like the book to start putting forward a real positive kind of message about what you're capable of doing. And I think really the book starts in the right place, like the right place to start. You know, if you want to change something big, well, you know, like Jordan Peterson says, start by cleaning your room, you know, like start in the areas that you can really control. And the body is like the room that we live in all the time. So start by doing a few good things for your body, you know, and then start there. And then we can start working on the more complex psychological issues and the healing of trauma and some of these overriding factors. But if you're not doing the bare minimum, which is taking care of your body with hydration and light and movement and you know, sleep and sex and all of the very basics, which are all the breathing, you know, all these free doctors that are available all the time. If we're not taking the minimum effective dose of all of that, then we're really not giving ourselves a chance. And so in that case, maybe we want to be depressed or we want to be anxious because unless we're doing at least that, you know, then we're not even giving ourselves a shot. So I think the book makes a really compelling case 
for starting that step up. And I think people just have to really take an honest reflection, like, do I want to be happy? You know, do I want to be happy? How bad do I want to be happy? If I want to be happy really bad, then, you know, these are the steps that are outlined and they don't cost anything. It's called, you know, deep breathing, getting some light, getting some movement, getting some sleep, like start there, you know, make some better choices about what you eat. It's not going to cost you anything more. So I think that's a, a really important, um, you know, message that's in the book. And how do you really begin this? You know, I mean, if most people get out of bed, they don't bother with breakfast, they struggle to get in the shower, they maybe run, catch their bath, sit all day, come home, watch TV. And, you know, it's when you watch your videos, you've got so much energy and positivity and, you know, you're ready to take on the world. But for somebody who maybe struggles just to run to catch their bus, how do we establish a routine? Because, you know, you've given some amazing tips on, you know, like how to hydrate and how like the act, like activities to do in the morning and getting the light and things like that. But for people who maybe just struggle to get out of bed because they've ingrained these motor patterns how do we start building this routine that's why i focus on a day like fuck the routine just do it once like get it together and do it once and see how you feel and like understand how it feels to do something the right way do something different and then you'll want to do it again you know so the routine won't be hard it'll be it'll be something that you'll want to do like I remember back when I was a kid, you know, drinking a green vegetable juice it was like, oh, no, please, anything but that. Don't make me drink that. And now I look forward to it. I'm like, oh, sweet. There's a juice place. Let me get the greenest, darkest green juice with the least amount of fruit and the most amount of vegetables I can possibly get. And I mean, I'm excited about that. Right. And it's because I know how I feel when I drink those green juices. I know and I've taught myself something different. And so even the taste of it doesn't even bother me anymore. In, in that actuality, I look forward to it. So that's so you could say, like, you know, how did the green juice routine start? Well, it started because I just did it every once in a while. I forced myself to do it and then I started feeling better from doing it. And then I actually started to enjoy it. And now I have a green juice routine. And, and I think that's the same with everything. I think you just got to get the process started. And then once it's started, Again, we're we're just these creatures of momentum. Once it's started and you feel the positive benefits of it, you're going to want to keep it going so it's not going to be hard anymore. And that's what I loved about your book was that you you covered everything about a day. You know, that you looked at the morning, the work, getting to work, coming home, spending time with other people. and that. Because, you know, a lot of us make routines of, we'll drink a glass of water when we get out of bed. You just, you know, have a shower and a cold shower, go to work, and we forget about all the other aspects of your day. So, um, you know, can we batch process these sorts of things? Should we have a plan for, like, the podcasts that you recommend? You know, is how do we, can we do these kind of, like, making the lunches and all that? Does it all have to be fresh? Or does it start losing the, the quality and the vitamins and stuff? Or can... Oh, no. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I think there's efficiencies that you can take absolutely in all of this. And, you know, if I'm making my, um, you know, my curry cauliflower salad, which is one of my favorite dishes with just like yellow Indian curry spice, some sea salt, some avocado mayonnaise and some roasted cauliflower. 
like I'll make a big ass bowl of that and I'll eat that for the next four days, you know, and I'll just eat it with different meals and, and whatever. And I think it's it's important to take those efficiencies and, you know, because time is a, a precious resource. So anytime you can, you know, take an efficiency, do it. If I'm making bone broth, I'm making a, a shitload of bone broth. Some of it's going in the freezer. Some of it's going in the fridge for me to eat the next few days. So, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. Batch and take efficiency where you can. Something that I, I mean, I really loved is, you know, the idea of mindfulness versus mindfulness and a live time versus dead time. You know, it's, some, it's a concept a lot of us don't even think about is, you know, traveling to work and what we're filling our minds with at that point. Can, you know, can you explain a little bit about that concept? Because, you know, eating a good breakfast, eating, you know, drinking water, the light, these are kind of all understandable, but... What? Why should we think about a live time versus dead time? I mean, we all have this idea of killing time, right? <laughs> right? Like we just want to fast forward to the future. I can't wait until this. I can't wait until that. And it's if you spend your whole life in that state, then you're really not going to be enjoying any of it. You're always going to be looking forward to the next thing, and you know so. A lot of that happens in the commute. It happens when you're in the car. And when you're in the car, you're really just looking forward to getting where you're going or if you're on the bus, if you're on the train or wherever you are. Um, but instead of having that attitude like, oh, I just can't wait till this travel is over. What if you use that to actually better yourself in some way or at least highly entertain yourself? And that's where audiobooks and podcasts and opportunities to you know making that simple choice rather than trying to just kill the time distracting yourself playing a silly game on your phone um, but actually learning something and, and then taking that thing that you learn and being able to add that into a conversation with your mates or conversation with your girl or you know add that into something some information you can actualize in your business so you can level up that way or or just you know read an interesting story that you know expands your mind and there's so many different things that we can do that there's really no reason to waste any time i mean we have a supercomputer in our pocket that can access all kinds of free information from all the podcasts that are out there and then if you pay a little bit you can access books shit you can get my book and you know that's good 11 12 hours of a lifetime that you can devour um you know right from the audible so you know there's so many different options of what you can do rather than that idea of killing time which i think is a real travesty yeah i completely agree i mean i've, I've recently bought a flat that's maybe half an hour away from my current work and you know you really do notice the number of people who just sit and stare in space or they talk about crappy tv and I, I mean, I spend my time listening to podcasts of like the guests or listening to how I can fix a problem that I've currently got or focusing on the data and it makes such a difference. And that's why I really in tuned with your message and, you know, how you look at things and how you build the day in to better each step and prepare for the next step. So is there... I know this is probably a marketing killer, but is there anybody you think the, the book isn't suitable for? You know, is there a type of man that you think shouldn't get the book yet because they need to do X or can it improve everybody? I really tried to hit, you know, the the lowest common denominator on this. Like this is really for everybody. You know, this isn't a book for elite athletes or elite performers or have with a bunch of expensive biohacks. We're literally talking about how to use breathing, 
you know, water, movement, sleep, sex, all of these things that are available all the time. Like that's the overriding theme of the book, how to get yourself to do the thing that you know you should, but you don't want to do. Like that's the, that's the main, you know, important part of this book. And so I think everybody can benefit from that because we're all human beings. And, you know, this is kind of the operating manual for the human being. And uh, and that's really the way I look at it. That's a great answer because too many of these books are, you know, you must do X, Y, Z. But the starting point is probably already 15 steps above where that person is. And, you know, it's your your book is very actionable regardless of where you are. You know, everybody can get a you know a glass of water maybe they don't have like the sea salt straight away but you know i mean they can there's they can start there's always a starting point from it so is there anything in the book that you wish you included you know are you already thinking of the follow-up book um is there something that you'd like to focus on for the next time yeah i'm pretty much know what i'm gonna write about for my next book (laughs) so i have that kind of set up the next book's gonna be more involved in like a deeper deeper psychological principles and understanding the self and understanding the mind and understanding the ego and understanding the tools and practices um, to help you navigate, you know, probably the most treacherous water that any of us have to navigate, which is uh, that gray space between our ears. Well, you've already got one caster in me already. (laughs) So, I mean, see if if you don't follow this routine, you know, I mean, there's a lot to this routine, but what happens if you don't follow it you know do you feel sluggish do you just feel a slight blip or do you just say okay i'll reset and start again you know do you i mean are you so used to this now that you just do it automatic is it just a case of building the muscle memory or you know like what happens if we miss a day is it just is it not a big deal or no not a big deal because this is cumulative you know each day is judged on its own accord it's not like you have to string a bunch of them together Like it can start in the middle of the day. It can start in the middle of your meal. It can start as you're halfway through that piece of cake and you decide not to eat the rest of the cake. Like that's owning that moment. Anything in the past or anything in the future doesn't exist. Like what happens now is happening now. And I think that's a really important thing for everybody to remember. Like it doesn't matter what's gotten you to this point or where you're going. Like you have the choice right now in front of you and you could have literally have that bite of you know cake in your in your on your fork and about to go in your mouth right right now and literally put that down right now and you're owning that choice for that moment you know what i mean and that's that's great that's the best you can do right now and as long as you're doing the best you can do right now awesome so how can we how can we do that mike if we've maybe got like poor will you know sort of poor willpower you know how can we build accountability like can, how should you speak to your bosses or to your friends to to help us motivate or our partners because you know you've got a great partner you've got your dog that you play with like how can we set these up so that you know they're supportive they help us when we're thinking no i just won't bother doing that you know is it a way that we can maybe is it involve them into it as well or yeah for sure and i think you know the it's like a workout buddy <clears throat> you know like you go to the gym by yourself, you know, you're going to be way less likely to get a good workout than if you go there with a with somebody else and that person can hold you accountable and and you can do that with everything. You can do that with communication standards, you know, like 
encourage your partner, whoever you're with, to call you out if you're not present, if your you know, mind is wandering, and if you're not, you like, be like, hey, what's up? You know, what can we do? How can we, uh, you know, how can we get this stuff off your chest and off your mind? And and so in every aspect, whether that's making that morning cocktail in the morning and making it for two instead of for one, or going to the gym, or communicating, or you know, all of that, um, the more you can bring other people in, the better. So I mean, this book is is great. I mean, I've already seen there's a lot of good reviews from people on, you know, who are saying, "Oh, I've tried X, but this actually works for me." Uh, you know, but how do we work on other things at the same time? You know, does what it says in the book help us improve our lives, or should we also be be working on? our views on life you know like opening up our minds to certain things and listening to binaural beats and stuff like that you know or should we just focus on getting this routine to own the day and the rest will take care of itself no i mean i think this is the this is the base layer though so if you really want to start getting your shit together like i i feel like this is the base layer you got to get you know literally your body under your control and the basic principles of your mind under your control in order to really advance from that point from with a solid foundation so i do think this is a good place to start and then i think you know uh, i mean that's there's also a reason why i'm writing other books because there's a place to go (laughs) you know and the next book will go to the next place and then the the book after that which is going to talk on love and relationship it's the next place to go after that and then you know, after that, then it's about community and tribe. And, um, you know, then after that, it's about putting it all together on a, on a global, on a global level. So, you know, those are the next four books that I have in mind. And I think that's the natural escalation, but I a hundred percent feel like this is the place to start. I, I, I love the way that you look at it. I mean, you've got one of these kind of minds that you're opening it out, you know, you're looking at how things flow and, how we can enjoy life and really live an experience and you know just experience life rather than the monotony that a lot of us go through but how do you juggle the the free will side of you with you know with the side of you that has to be more controlled and actioned you know the businessman version because you seem to have a very kind of not out there but you seem to have a very free will version of you and a business controlled side of you do you do you find that a struggle with your own personal development and your business side of development no i i really don't look at them as separate you know to me i strive for balance and i'm willing to go to either extreme you know and 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 find balance on the other extreme so i can work 14 hour days for seven days in a row but then i can also you know relax and enjoy myself and unplug and meditate and play or party or whatever and do the the opposite of that for an equal amount of time you know so it's it's just it's not about you know finding balance by being so regimented that i'm doing the same amount of things every day at all the times Hmm. Some days are like that, but I'm also willing to be extreme on one side because I know how to be extreme on the other side. So it really is just about finding balance and having a good internal sense of that balance. 
because that originally was when I wanted to interview uh, interview initially it was going to be about building a business creating products and stuff and then as I got more and more into you your stuff you know it was quite amazing when I I seen about the open relationships the you know the working with tribes with the looking at life on a completely different level and then as you I came onto your podcast it was amazing how deep and personal you got with your guests and you know can you tell me a little bit about your podcast you know what caused you to um, create that and has there been particular guests that have really blown you away with what you've discussed mm-hmm. I think really just seeing how impactful those early conversations I had with Joe Rogan were you know in those early Joe Rogan experience podcasts and enjoying those conversations so much and then seeing the impact that it created uh, really you know drove me to create my own podcast and it's really you know now feels like it's been hitting its stride this past year or two and and uh, we've been getting you know consistent every Wednesday releases and some really incredible conversations incredible guests um, the both podcasts with Paul check are some of my favorite uh, he's, you know, again, one of those multidisciplinary wizards that goes really deep uh, on a lot of different levels. And um, then the podcast with Paul Selig, which is really out of the box, but, you know, it's actually my most downloaded podcast. Uh, so it's not just me thinking it's uh, it was pretty incredible. It's the, <laughs> the listeners voting it with their listens as well. Um, that was pretty incredible. He is a um, oddly enough, a channeler who channels information and, and kind of wisdom from a source outside himself, or maybe it's the source deep within himself. But either way, uh, his ability to come up with like deep philosophical spiritual truth was pretty, pretty incredible and pretty mind blowing to hear him go through that process. And even if you're skeptical of the process, it's hard to be skeptical of the message because the message is so um, clear because certainly I am personally skeptical of the process um, and have been but his message is just so impeccable uh, it's hard to argue with his message um, and then what else a podcast I recently did with Jordan Peterson Dr. Jordan Peterson that was a really great conversation on psychology a podcast I did with um, UFC fighter and uh, special forces veteran Tim Kennedy was just one of my favorites really enjoyed, enjoyed that. that yeah um did some always have a good time with Corey allen on the podcast and those have been some fun conversations a lot of laughs and it's just been so many good ones you know it's really been a been a pleasure to um be able to meet so many people and have such dynamic conversations so has the the podcast has that changed the way you've looked at life you know has it opened up your thinking about things did it change maybe something that you've included in the book or is there something that you've maybe learned on the podcast that you wish you'd put in the book now that you thought, okay, I'll find that for another book? Well, I think you refine a lot of ideas on the podcast. You know, I, it's not a venue where you really, I don't know. I think you, I think you just kind of, it's a dialogue. It's a discussion. It's not a, for me, it's if it was a lecture, that means I didn't really do my research about the guest and about his position and about what the topic is. So it's not like I'm going in with the idea, uh, like, here I am, I'm going to learn and take notes. I'm trying to contribute. I'm trying to learn as much as possible and contribute 
my end of the conversation and advance the conversation farther than it had gone before. And that's kind of my attitude with it. And I think other podcasts are a little different. Um, but for me, I always want to bring a little piece of me to the conversation so that that conversation is different than any conversation that that guest has ever had because they're interacting with me in a dynamic way. And we're the synergy of what we're coming up with and the, the common ground that we're finding is hopefully unique. And I think that's, you know, for the people who like my podcast, I think that's one of the, um, you know, one of the things they like about it is that the, the guest appearances on my show are going to be a lot different than the guest appearances on other people's shows. That's something I loved about your podcast was you talk about stuff that a lot of other podcasts either don't go to that level or they'll maybe focus on such a small area whereas yours is quite wide. I mean, because part of the reason I set up this podcast was I wanted to ask questions that they just never covered enough on other podcasts or they maybe shied away. But, you know, you were talking about people about their addiction, how to deal with your demons, and you were very frank about your own anger, your own, like, issues of jealousy and things like that. So, uh, something I did really enjoy, um, I'm not remember which one it was, re- your show recently was about forgiveness and you know forgiving ourselves and forgiving others so something a lot of men struggle with is forgiving you know to forgive past trauma forgive a heart from a friend or whatever how can we forgive these kind of things you know how can we deal with these demons as we're moving on and owning our life well i think the demons you know really they they're demons because we have so much guilt or shame or fear are surrounding them and then when we actually recognize that it's just a part of being human that we have this stuff like this is universal and whatever you're going through somebody else is going through whatever dark impulses and ideas that have gone through your head at some point that you're ashamed of or scared of it's just part of being a human being a a part of the human race and i think when you really understand that and then you understand by opening up and sharing that that you're not going to be met you know, some people who are still in denial of their own demons, they're going to try and maybe attack you because they don't want to admit to themselves that they have that stuff going on. But all the reasonable, sensible people are going to be like, hey, thank you. You know, that was something I was ashamed of. That was something I kept secret. That was something I was afraid of. And hearing you talk about it, that gives me the courage to, you know, talk about it myself and to acknowledge it myself and reconcile those things that have happened to me or those things that I've done. So I think it's a real service that you can do to the world by an honest self-reflection of what's going on with yourself. And do you have like particular challenges that you'd recommend to people? I mean, is it a case of, you know, meditation, writing about it? Because, you know, not everybody is happy with the notion of like drinking up a you know a, a potion up a hill, a hill or something like you know or maybe some people smoke joints and stuff like that but how can people who are maybe a bit hesitant about plants and natural supplements how can they start that self cleansing shall we say yeah you just have to get still <laughs> you have to get still for a while and that means you have to you know move away from this perpetual action and perpetual distraction to a place of deeper stillness and then really honestly do some self-reflecting on what is there. And there's some, um, you know, that's where it starts really. 
And then once you start to understand that, then then I think you can move on from there. But the key thing is to get still. Now, how do you get still? Well, that could be spending some time in nature, going on, you know, packing a tent and going out and, and camping somewhere or um, traveling by yourself where you don't know anybody, putting your phone away, you know, going even if it's just for a couple hours, going for a walk where you leave your phone at home, um, you know, find ways that you can really unplug from this constant information machine that we're plugged into and start to get to know your your true self the self that rests in the stillness and start to be able to tap in and listen to that voice a little bit better so how do we know then if the voice and the thoughts and the you know the goals and stuff like that how do we know if that's authentic or is that the ego you know pretending to be this newer version of ourselves you know how do we know when it's really as that it's we're dealing with Mm. well it's you know i I think there's a couple signs you know like um it depends on what the motivation is and if the motivation comes from really comes from a place of love then it's probably coming from the right source now if it comes from a place of, of lust or desire or fear you know then it's probably coming from a different aspect maybe it's coming from that deep primal animalistic side of you or maybe it's coming from you know your ego particularly if it's fear-based you know but if it's coming from genuine love and that place then that's probably where um you probably have a good idea where the source of that is and that's probably your best self so something that Maybe I mean, a lot of people listening are going to be into this sort of self-development. They want to own their life. They want to get better. They want to develop the routines for their days. But I think it's bad if we just hold all that energy to ourselves and we don't benefit our partners, our friends and stuff. So something I really liked about your material was that you went deeper down and discussed the, you know, the stuff that maybe made people vulnerable, that showed their like their weaknesses and stuff like that. So how do we get past that superficial bullshit, basically? You know, that, oh, do you want to go to the pub? Yeah, let's go. You know, how can we open up and be vulnerable and real and build intimate relationships with our friends, family, partners, that sort of thing? You want to dance, you know, you want to dance with a partner, you got to lead the dance. First, you got to ask them to dance, and then you got to start moving your feet. You know, so... You- you want to open, open, vulnerable conversation, you know, then go first. You want someone to apologize to you, apologize to them first, you know, because we're all partly at fault. We're all have our own stuff. So, you know, you lead by example, you know, start, just start doing it. And then, you know, once you get to that place of open communication, then do things together that challenge you, you know, do a challenging workout together, do a challenging trip together, do a do anything that will ec- provide external pressure that will reveal, you know, deeper levels of internal, um, you know, cooperation and internal uh, cohesion. I mean, and you seem to have a great partner. Um, and when I was watching your video series on YouTube about the book, you know, everybody seemed happy to be there and every time you see somebody else who's talked about being on it they've said about how great the vibe is and how everybody works together so how have you built that kind of you know how have you transitioned from 
yourself to being a leader and building your business and making your workforce have a great time and you know like i build a collective unit rather than individual workers yeah i think you focus on yourself you know and you focus on getting your vibe right i think a lot of times people focus on oh how am i how am i going to build this company culture well you know i've built myself and then the culture has formed around vibrational accord with who i am and that's and then who i've hired the vibrational cord around them and who they've hired you know so again it it comes back to creating the momentum but you know even though you might be aiming at heaven you got to start at home and and so start with doing the work yourself start to getting yourself in a place where you're happy with yourself and then other people will be happy around you as well i love that your outlook on life you know the positivity and the way you just it's always about like improving it and making it better and taking it to that next level uh, i'm sorry to avoid that for a pun but how do you go about with on it um or do you create the products that you want to see is this from your own discovery your own personal development that you think oh that'd be an avenue to go into or have you got a plan for on it and the supplements and the evolution that you want to take the company or is it more as you develop life you're developing on it it's a little combination of all those things i mean sometimes we you know i discover a product that's pretty interesting that i think could be improved in a certain way that someone's trying to get it right but they haven't quite nailed it yet sometimes it's a, a need that i see that isn't out there at all something that hasn't been created period Sometimes it's, you know, research or information is brought to us by one of our doctors or one of our scientists or researchers. It can come a variety of uh, different ways, but it, it's just a lot of it is this is stuff that I, I would really use myself. And I have a, just a deep faith and reliance in the fact that anything that would be good for me would be good for somebody else because anything that's good for somebody else is probably good for me. You know, there's more similarities than differences between human beings. And I find that through and through. So... You know, all my products are things that I I would use and do use personally on a near daily basis. And so that's, I think, what other people are doing as well. I love that kind of look in life. I mean, can you go into a little bit about like, you know, how did you go about the science aspect of this book? Because there's a lot of science to back up what you're saying. You know, it's not just, oh, this is what I think. So this is true. You know, were these people that you've worked with during on it? You know, what was there a scientific somebody you brought in and you discussed where you were going and they helped you set up the, mm -hmm. you know, how you were analyzing it? Or have you put out your your beliefs and just let people kind of comment on them? Well, you know, there's definitely a couple experts that I leaned on, especially early, to really make sure that I was on the right course. So Ben Greenfield was one of those guys. Kyle Kingsbury was one of those guys. Both of them have great podcasts. Um, and then we have an internal researcher, Dr. Vince Kreipke. He was helpful. Um, but basically, so we got it kind of close, you know, with the structure. And then from there, it was just scouring the research articles you know going to pubmed and looking for all the data we have over 300 clinical and academic references and every point that i made you know i wanted to make sure that the science backed it up and you know it was interesting through the process there was some beliefs commonly held beliefs that i had that i found out just didn't have the scientific backing and so you know that 
educated me further on my own belief system and, and kind of refined my own understanding. And so that was positive and beneficial. And what survived in that book is just the stuff that I'm absolutely unequivocally confident of. Yeah. And that's the way I liked the book. I mean, some of the books you read, the science overwhelms you. You know, it it, it takes away from the message because you're trying to figure it out and it maybe clouds the message where you've kind of kept that healthy balance of explaining it and the science and it, it it reads well as you know you've got i don't want to say you've got pictures but you know what i mean you've written it in a way that it kind of it's easy to absorb if you're maybe not the best reader if you've if you're maybe not taking it in as well you know but you can also understand it on the deeper level so something i really liked you know was about your your content you were talking about how we can stop being so hard on ourselves, how we can stop comparing ourselves to others. That, that's something I really struggle with, you know, is competing about somebody who's maybe better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu than me, somebody who's maybe got a better podcast. You know, we, we all compare ourselves to maybe the guy down the street, the guy with a better car. Have you got any tips on how we can let that go and focus on our own journey? Because you mentioned there about focus on our own journey. How can we stop the jealousy, stop the comparisons, and actually just live our own path? <laughs> I know it's quite a question, but... Well, I think you just kind of look at, does it work? Does it make you feel better? You know, like, I, it's it's funny. We're, we're a funny creature, human beings, because we'll continue to do something that doesn't work and doesn't make us feel better. Like, it's one thing to look at somebody who's doing something well and be inspired. And if that feeling, you know, makes you feel good, then keep doing it. But if you're looking and you're comparing, you're feeling that sour feeling, well, then why? You know, why are you feeling that sour feeling? And then if you continue to feel that sour feeling, why do you continue to do it? You know, and I think it's just taking radical ownership of what we feel and what we perceive and what we look at, you know, because there's certainly enough room for there to be a bunch of incredible podcasts you know somebody else's good podcast doesn't take away from your podcast and you're only responsible for your own work and your own best anyways and i think mm -hmm. so the, the second part of that is just a, a radical reliance on just doing your best it's one of don miguel ruiz's four agreements like just do your best and it's all we're ever really responsible for and we're not responsible for the result of our best we're just responsible for our best so you know i think it's a combination of taking radical ownership of what we feel and what we are perceiving and what kind of things we're doing. And then also just a deep reliance on doing our best and knowing that there's nothing more that we can do. I mean, something that I would like to think uh, from my own personal podcast is somebody who's listening could, you know, obviously help themselves, but they could also help teach their children or their nephew or whatever. I mean, I've only got nephews at the moment, and I'd love to know that they maybe listened to something on one of these shows and thought, oh, you know, and they've changed their lives. So have you got any tips to people who are maybe, you know, young children or just new fathers? How can they make sure they're passing on these kind of teachings to their, their kids? How can they raise them to be more like you, you know, and not deal with the modern day BS that a lot of us are sadly are inflicted? By? Yeah, easy. This is an easy one. Stop focusing on what you're teaching your kids and start focusing on what you're showing your kids. Like kids are way better mimickers than they are learners in the traditional sense. So 
if you want your kids to be, you know, to be better then be better yourself, like do the things, be the things you want your kids to meditate, then meditate and come out and have them see you do it and have them experience the new mind state that you get in when you're done. You want your kids to work hard in the gym, you know, then show them yourself working hard in the gym and how that makes you feel. You know, you want your kids to have a good work ethic? Well, show them a good work ethic. You want them to have a good relationship? Show them a good relationship. Show them love, you know, if you want them to have love. Like, it's really easy. You know, it's it's not that hard. So, you, you know, kids will kids will follow what they see. And that's, um, I think, the most important thing to learn is to just really, it always starts with you. It starts with getting yourself right. And, and that's the most effective thing you can do, whether that's your kids or your parents or your mates or your girl or whatever. It doesn't matter. I love that. You know, it's the be the change you want in the world rather than looking for it. You know, if you want, it's like you mentioned earlier, you want to have that kind of conversations with your friends, start it. You want to have that kind of relationship, you have to be the one that's willing to step up to do it, to open up that avenue for other people. So why should somebody buy a copy of this book? I mean, I can't even go into how much even some of these little changes have made for me personally, but, you know, there's a wealth of people on the, you know, like Amazon who are just giving great feedback on the book. But if somebody here is thinking, okay, I'm going to check this out, you know, why should they do it? Like, how can it, how do you think it's going to change their life? You need to, you need to feel it. Like the very first time, you know, I was atheist. I had no spiritual practice until the very first time I I did a, a vision quest and took psilocybin out in the mountains and I felt something that I couldn't explain, you know, and then I was like, oh, damn, well, I guess there's something beyond my current understanding because I felt it and I knew it and I, and I understood that there was something else possible. And until you try a day, like I describe in Own the Day, you won't know what's possible. You'll never felt it. So, you know, I, I think it'll change things because it'll give you a reference point. You just got to do one day. Everybody can do a day. Like, just make a day of good choices. Nothing in that book is super hard. You know, it's nothing in the book is super expensive. Just do one day and feel it. And then once you feel it, you'll have something to recalibrate everything else from. So how do we know then when we're progressing? You know, is it, is it quite a rapid change for somebody who's maybe on, sitting on the fence about getting the book? You know, does the change come about quickly or, you know, how do we analyze each day? Uh, how do we know when we're becoming more successful and the routine is maybe helping us own our life. Yeah, don't analyze it. Just just live it. <laughs> just live it. Just keep doing it. Keep living it. You know, there'll be you know, it's like that old Kenny Rogers song, The Gambler. You know, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Just keep living. Keep making those positive choices. Keep doing your best. Stop worrying about tallying. Stop worrying about keeping score. Just on to the next one. You know, what are we doing now? All right, cool. How can I be more present? How can I you know, apply myself better? How can I make a better choice for this meal? How can I, you know, breathe a little more deeply? Whatever the choice is in that moment, just focus on that. and Don't worry about keeping score. I mean, I, we're coming up to an hour now and I've got, I've still got pages of questions. I think we barely touched the surface. I'd love to have you back on again. There's so many different aspects of things and areas I'd love to cover, but 
you know, what do you want somebody listening to take from this? Like if it's well, obviously apart from buying the book, but is there a message that you'd like somebody listening, even if they don't go and buy the book, what would you like them to remember from this? Well, I just want people to know that it's possible to be really, truly happy, you know, and it's within your control and it may not seem like it and it may seem like all the odds are stacked against you, but you have way more power than you give yourself credit and you just got to have a little bit of faith in yourself and a little faith in the process and start and start making those positive choices. And I think you'll be shocked at how much potential you have to really, really enjoy this life. And if you had your time again, is there anything that you wish you have done or are you just enjoying the journey and seeing where it's taking you now? You know, are you looking forward rather than back? I'm trying to look neither. <laughs> I'm trying to look right here at the now, you know, and really look at how can I enjoy today and how can I be the best I can today and not worry about yesterday and not worry about tomorrow because the only thing I would change about yesterday was worrying about tomorrow so I got to start that now and you know have a plan I have a vision you know I know the next four books I'm going to write I know generally what I want to happen for the company I know but really to me it's about how do I get the best out of myself right now I love it um something I've asked quite a number of people and we've had a range of personal and maybe fantasy answers to this but one of the things I love to ask people is, you know, you're sitting at the head of a dinner table, you've got five empty seats, and you can ask people who are real or fake, you know, um, alive or dead, but you've got to set up your dream dinner party. Who do you invite? Because I, I reckon there's so many potentials, I, I couldn't decide who you would go for. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd go for the I'd go for the heavy hitters. I'd have probably Jesus and. Alan Watts and Marcus Aurelius, Buddha. I think that would be a pretty good conversation. That's pretty epic. And um, you know, so the other thing I want to know is who do you look to as role models in your life? You know, a lot of people maybe look at you and how they how you've changed the way they look at the world and like they've maybe opened up their own personal demons and stuff like that. But who do you look to as a role model? You know, I mean. Who I look to everybody. I look to everybody who has a big smile and everybody who has a full-hearted laugh and everybody who's, you know, treating their lover the right way and everybody who's trying their best. You know, like everybody's a role model to me. You know, when I see somebody really giving it their best, like there's nothing that inspires me more. And you know, I, I don't. There's not people I put on pedestals. Everybody's just a person. You know, everybody's just doing their best. Everybody has their flaws and their strengths and their weaknesses and I think you know I don't try to idolize and, and actually put anybody as a role model I'd rather have everybody as a role model everybody at their best as as a role model and, and myself at my best too you know and, and I think that's really that's really it you know it's just are we are we being who we truly are and if we're being who we truly are our best self then you know you're a role model to me I mean, it's it's been an hour now, and it literally feels like ten minutes. And yeah, I don't think we've even touched the surface of how deep we could go with this. But you know, one of the final questions I have is, what's an unusual fact about yourself? You know, you're you're very open. You're very kind of like you show the world the true version of yourself. But 
is there an unusual fact about yourself that you think people be really surprised to hear? Um, well, there's the fact that I'm literally about to pee my pants at this very, <laughs> at this very moment. I'm looking at this half-filled smoothie cup that I have and thinking, am I going to have to pee in the smoothie cup at this very moment, well, or will I make it to the bathroom? You can you so, be the change you want. Um, <laughs> so is there? So I'll, I'll be really quick with this last question. And how can we find out more and keep in touch with you? Yeah, follow me on Instagram is great, at Aubrey Marcus. I'm putting out a lot of content there. And obviously, the Aubrey Marcus podcast is great. Um, own the day, own your life, available everywhere on Amazon and Audible and wherever you might find that. And yeah, it's a great way to keep in touch with me. Perfect. Well, I'll let you go and pee. Strange, the first <laughs> time I've ever said that on this podcast. But um, <laughs> thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I can't wish you nothing but success for the book. You're an inspiration, and uh, I think you're doing fantastic work and changing lives, and you should be very proud. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot, brother. That was fun. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.